Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is TeacherCast podcast episode number 223, and today we're going to be talking all about video and some of the great things that we can do with video. But you know what? There's a lot of questions surrounding video. How do you do it? What kind of video? What are the rights for using video? Can we share it with everybody? And you know what? We might just talk a little bit about hybrid learning because, you know, aren't we all these days? I want you guys to let you know that if you have any questions about this, you can find us over on TeacherCast.net. Find us over on Twitter at TeacherCast. And, of course, you can check out all the great stuff happening over on our Facebook group. You can find it at TeacherCast.net forward slash Facebook. Thank you guys again for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. I want to bring on two guests today that know a lot about using video. My first guest is a librarian at McClure High School in Missouri. I want to bring on Mr. Joseph Hosea. Joe, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm good, Jeff. Thank you for inviting me to the show. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. It is so great to talk to somebody, a, a fellow educator. How are things down in Missouri these days? They are very, very complicated. Uh, I'm in the St. Louis region uh, area. A lot of different counties are doing a lot of different things uh, and a lot of different districts are anywhere from 100% uh, at home uh, virtual learning uh, to some sort of hybrid model uh, or trying to return uh, full steam ahead. And uh, it's it's been a whirlwind. I, 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 I'm going to pick up on that. You said full steam ahead. And I got to ask you, as we go through here, as, as, as a media center specialist, somebody who works in the library, you interact with a lot of teachers and a lot of students. How are things right now in those hybrid classrooms? What are some of the things that you're seeing your teachers doing for uh, for distant learning lessons, hybrid learning lessons, et cetera? Um, I've seen a lot of the districts come on, um, whether they were one-to-one -one laptop before we went uh, home back in March um, or now, uh, most schools and districts have rolled out uh, some form of computer learning. Um, and so that has brought in a whole bunch of different uh, platforms, Canvas and uh, Nearpod and Swank Digital Medias um, for their streaming service, which we're talking about partially today, um, and in you know integrating that into what they're they're teaching because we need resources and materials that can reach the kids at home when we can't always be there with them. Want to bring on our next guest, Mr. Brian Edwards from Swank K Twelve Streaming. Brian, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well, thanks, Jeff. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I am doing great. It is great to have both of you guys on. And, you know, the topic of today is video, specifically video streaming. Brian, talk to us a little bit about, about video streaming. Where are we these days? What is the status of video streaming in our classrooms? Well, streaming video has certainly evolved, Jeff, over the last few years. And as everyone is experiencing, as Joe mentioned uh, in his comments, with, with COVID and, and the transitioning learning environments, video and streaming has become ever more important for learning either in the classroom or remote or in these hybrid environments. 
You know, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, you know, in the classroom, we were wanting to bring in video and we had a bunch of different options. You know, we had that VCR tape, we had the DVD, but now we don't have the options of physical media because our kids are all over the place. Brian, tell me a little bit about some of the options that are available for teachers now that they do need to work with a variety of students in a variety of locations. Well, you know what, Jeff, you're right. So we, a couple of years ago, when we really first started streaming for K-12 schools in education, uh, the driving force behind all of that was, you know, schools and districts were blocking access to Netflix. And you mentioned physical resources and, and schools were removing DVD players from the classrooms or, or devices no longer have access to DVD players, uh, computers, Chromebooks, for example, no longer have the ability to play DVDs. And that's really where the streaming kind of came in years ago now fast forward into COVID, and it becomes a essential to have digital resources at your fingertips based on all of the transitional need and the agility required uh, as classrooms become remote overnight or as parents and students opt for remote learning uh, the need for video uh, has, has been around for years and the use of video has been around for, for years as a tool but streaming has just become ever more prevalent with today's youth and now as a teaching tool. Joe, talk to us a, a, a little bit about this here. How are you guys using streaming video in your school district? Well, and that's one of the things too, just like he said, I had as the librarian and the media specialist had a huge library of VHS tapes. Um, and then that developed into DVDs. And as technologies advanced, we just weren't able to use it as much. Uh, Swank provides uh, both the rights for us to show them in our schools. Um, but in this particular case with their streaming service, um, you know, it takes 200, 250 of the, the top used videos in high schools across the country and offers them as a package uh, that I was able to get for my school at the beginning of last year. And as we were moving into streaming, um, to begin with, you know, it was kind of hit or miss, you know, maybe the films teacher was going to use it or maybe the PE teacher or, you know, different things were going on around the school. But when March hit, and we went home. A lot of the teachers had no idea what they were going to do to tie the curriculum into uh, into their classrooms without some form of video access. And when you know you can't really share Netflix, you can't really share Hulu or you know other streaming services with the kids um, and their devices. And one thing that Swank allows us to do is to share that link in order for them to view it um, and still be within the copyright laws that are important. And so it's become quite essential. And I, I've had a varied amount of teachers from all different departments that I didn't even imagine would be using it, use it. Like I said, uh, the PE department, the business department, the math department, um, you know, using videos to help enhance their their curriculum and what they're doing and teaching um, and really get the point across to kids. You know, you guys both mentioned this whole term of copyright. Can we just clear the air here? Uh, Brian, can you talk to us a little bit about copyright? I don't think everybody quite has a grasp of what it is, why is it important, what are some of the rules and guidelines that, that surround teachers? I mean, I know many teachers think they can just turn on their favorite streaming service or bring in a DVD from, could you talk a little bit about where we are with education and especially around these copyright rules? 
Yeah, well, we could certainly spend all uh, week probably talking about copyright and diving into all of the nuances of the law. But I, I think from, from a teacher's perspective, really the focal points in copyright are fair use and the face-to-face -face teaching exemptions, which basically say that uh, inside, of a, inside of a classroom of a not-for-profit institution, in face-to-face -face teaching environments, educators do not require a license in order to show a film that is basically inherent as a part of their curriculum or as a part of the day-to-day -day learning, for example. All other instances do require a license. And there's some, there's some subtleties in there. Uh, fair use has some requirements or at least some guidance around the amount of a film or amount of a movie or amount of a piece that is to be watched as it's tied to the lesson. And there's some other kind of clarifying points. But really it boils down to, is the film being used for education specific or is it being used for something else like an after school care program or a recess or a reward or, or you know, we finished a book. So to celebrate, we're going to watch the movie. Those kind of instances typically require a license to show that film. Uh, everything else does not necessarily require a license as long as it's built around the teaching activities. Keeping these videos around the teaching activities, of course, is important. Uh, Joe, can you give us some examples of how you've used this in curricular activities in your school? Well, I mean, in regards to this specific thing, like, you know, we have a films teacher who is um, using this service because we can't be one on one um, to analyze everything uh, to do compare and contrast the films and the dynamics and the story plots of the movies. Um, we've had teachers come in different movies that are available, uh, documentaries, Food Inc., um, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other one off the top of my head, An Inconvenient Truth, um, you know, heavy documentaries about climate change or or how our food is processed and used um, is used by the P.E. department, the health department, the facts, the family and consumer sciences when they talk about nutrition and wellness um, and cooking classes. Um, and so they're able to get a conversation started and really use these in a variety of different ways. Um, uh, the movie Bully was specifically used um, with our English uh, speakers of other languages, our ESL, ESOL students. Um, you know, to get them to kind of understand the process of what, you know, defining what a bully is and how it impacts the classroom and the diversity of learning that we're trying to put forth. And how do you find your teachers using this? Are, 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 is everybody in the classroom streaming it on their personal devices? Are they putting it up on the board? How does it work when students might not be physically in the classroom? How, how do you set this yeah. up? Well, the best thing about it is, so on the Swank site, when you go into the movie, they give you two different types of links. One is a direct link. You can email it out to your students. We can put it on our Canvas page so that they can go in and look at their class just like they do at a college. Um, if they click that link, it opens up in their own viewer um, right there on whatever device that they're using. So whether it's a computer, a Chromebook, a phone, a tablet, um, as long as they have that link from Swank, it will work for them. And that's what's great is that they don't all have to be in the same place at the same time. They can watch it at nine o'clock at night. They can watch it at nine in a.m. in the morning and still be able to participate with the rest of their student, rest of their classmates uh, on whatever the lesson is designed around. Brian, it sounds like Swank is a very easy to use software uh, application website. How do you uh, how does a teacher go about signing up for the service? 
Uh, Jeff, yeah, you're right. It is it is designed to be very easy to use. So a little bit of backstory with it on the ease of use. So we've actually been working with colleges and universities for over the last decade on educational streaming. It's really only been the last couple of years that we transitioned into K-12 schools. But that being said, we've been Swank Motion Pictures as a whole has been around for 30, or I'm sorry, uh, since 1937. So been around now for over 80 years. And, and with that, we partner with the largest studios in the world. So Warner Brothers and Sony and Universal and Disney and Paramount. And these are these are kind of big major films like Apollo 13 and Super Size Me and uh, All the President's Men, 12 Angry Men. To Joe's point, it's these films that are all being used in the classroom uh, and have been used in the classroom for years. And now we've enabled that ease of access either for a teacher to pull up on a smart board or to assign out to their students or to enable access in a virtual learning environment. So if somebody is looking to get in contact with us, they can certainly reach out uh, via email to me directly would be bedwards at swank.com or certainly go to our website swank.com forward slash k12 streaming. Our Twitter account is at swank underscore k12 and our phone number is 888 we enable access for either individual schools or for districts as a whole, depending on the need of the individual. And I think Joe mentioned it earlier, we've got a collection of films that we uh, put together year over year based on all of the data of all of the films that are being used across the country for educational support so that we can create very simple, easy access for schools. We can get schools turned on and have a streaming platform of their own within really 24 to 48 hours. And outside of our collections we provide, we allow teachers to actually customize their collections even further, just to simply ensure that we are everything that a teacher would need in terms of movies and documentaries. And Another if, if, if a district wants to sign up, is this a, an annual, monthly, if they just wanted to do a, a fundraiser event, can they sign up for it for like a weekend? Of like how, what is the timeline length on this if somebody wants to get involved? So we do annual agreements uh, with either schools or districts. Uh, it is all based on your school or district's enrollment is what drives the overall investment. And again, with that investment for a year, comes access to a curated collection of the top educational films. These We have individual collections for elementary, uh, middle and high schools, as well as district collections. And then also comes with the ability for educators to further customize the collection for their school to get very specific to their needs outside of what just the general usage data is showing as teachers are really creative individuals. And we certainly don't wanna be the barrier of access to films that just aren't necessarily being used by everyone else across the country. Our, our rights for all of these studios that I mentioned are really for a library of over 20,000 movies and documentaries. So we wanna certainly enable access on a large scale for all of these groups, but we do it on an annual basis. The website is swank.com, S-W-A-N-K.com. And guys, before we wrap up here, I want to say thank you guys for coming on, sharing this, because as teachers, tech coaches, school districts are trying to create dynamic uh, digital classrooms, it's important to have a dynamic digital partner. Um, Brian, as we're looking for the future here, as we're looking towards what's going to happen at the end of this year and next year, where do you see the future of digital video streaming going? 
Well, I, you know, I, I, I think from a, from a forward thinking standpoint, I, COVID is going to drive, I think, where we, where we kind of transition. And in the short term, I don't know that there's going to be a tremendous amount of planning opportunities just because we have no idea what the future holds with this disease. But uh, coming out of it, I'm sure that we will all transition back to a normal learning environment. Uh, but, you know, we, we have uh, in, in conversations with schools, really heard on multiple occasions where where some librarians have communicated that COVID has kind of re resulted in what they call the digital librarians moment. And mm. I think with that, they're basically insinuating that the the access of resources will be forever changed as a result of this. And the use of physical resources in the classroom and by this experience of this transition to digital environments and whether your school is face-to-face -face or virtual or hybrid, I think at least everybody has been prepared for online learning or the ability to transition very quickly to online learning and has forced everyone to reevaluate the resources they are using. I think Joe mentioned it earlier that teachers who are not necessarily requesting film before from the library all of a sudden are requesting film. And I think that's what we've seen across the country with a lot of our schools is just educators are thinking differently about the way in which they're helping students visualize or the way in which they're enabling activities for their students. And I think from that end will be forever changed. And I think video and streaming is just going to continue to be a big part of it. I, I absolutely agree with you. Joe, what do you think? I wanted to add to that, that, you know, for my particular school district, I, I don't come from the richest, ritziest school district. You know, we've struggled over the years to have resources and materials available to our students. And COVID has forced us in this, into a path that we were already going down. We were already becoming more and more digital and electronic, at least as a supplemental. This has like led the way. But like I said earlier, you know, I started as librarian at the school at McClure High School five years ago. And I have a huge, huge number of VHS tapes and, you know, another 150 DVDs um, and have slowly been changing those from the VHS to the DVDs because the teachers were using them in classrooms and now adding this digital library. And this resource is so much easier than trying to struggle with outdated old materials that you're hanging on to because you can't find it anywhere else. You know, they have two different versions of 12 Angry Men. And the one version is from the 1960s, I believe. And that's the version that my particular history department loves to use and trying to find it online or DVD or or VHS tape even anymore is virtually impossible. And by going digital, this allows us, the whole world is open, you know, the whole world is open to us. And that helps specifically like my kids, you know, we're, like I said, we're a lower class, um, you know, neighborhood and, and, uh, and, don't always have the best resources to invest in the students and something like this just enriches the lives of all those students and help us uh, push forward and um, and give them the same opportunities that somebody else might get, um, you know, across the country um, or across the state. Very well put. And, you know, if you're looking to bring something like this into your classroom, don't forget the website is swank.com, S-W-A-N-K.com. Joe and Brian, I want to say thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to come on and talk about this extremely important subject. And teachers out there, if you're listening to this and you'd like to get a hold of them, again, swank.com. All of the links that we mentioned today are going to be in our podcasting show notes. You can head on over to teachercast.net and do a big search. We would be happy to help you guys out. Uh, guys, it is a great platform, 
a great way to bring streaming video into your classrooms. Highly recommended. And I'm looking forward to having Brian and Joe and the entire Swank team coming back on the show sometime soon. We would love to continue these conversations. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. And with that, we want to say thank you guys for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. Join us again every single Monday. We have our Ask the Tech Coach podcast, a great show for your professional development providers. And of course, coming at the beginning of next year, we have our Jeff Bradbury show, helping you guys build your EDU brand one podcast at a time. We've got a lot of great stuff for you. And that wraps up this episode of the TeacherCast podcast. On behalf of Brian and Joe and everybody here on TeacherCast, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.